Alright, ladies and gents, welcome to Anthony Podcast. And um, before we get started, I just want to say what's up to all my folks who have been supporting from Season 1 all the way to Season 8. And by the time you guys hear this, this will be Season 8, Episode 6. And um, before I get started, I just want to say, uh, give a shout out to Sham Black and Milky Wayne for giving me a platform and a stage. Because if it wasn't for that show, I wouldn't have met this DJ. And um, I know a dope DJ when I see one and when I meet one because... This is my first time performing with this cat right here. And with no rehearsal, this DJ just knew how to how to cut out the beat when it's needed. He knew when to start scratching and he knew when to stop scratching. He just without no rehearsal, we just we just rocked the show together. And that I never forget shit like that. Like like those DJs stand out to me because it shows me you guys know the culture and um you guys know how to adapt to any MC that's gonna go on stage. Yeah. And I see him consistent of getting his brand out there. Um, he's also working on an EP. It's called Almost, Almost Famous. And we're actually playing some of the tracks today. And um, a producer, a DJ, and, and a man of many hats. Ladies and gents, without no further ado, we got DJ Cali Prada. What up, what, what up? What it do, what it do, everybody? Thanks for having me in your lab, bro. I appreciate you. No doubt, man. Um, appreciate you having me on. On a podcast, man, it's dope. You know what I'm saying? Reaching out to me and shit. And that was a dope night, bro. That's a, that's for night. Uh, how we rock. And that's usually how I do. Like I'm in, like I just I get in sync with with, with artists, bro. But if I see something and you're real, dope, real DJ, real and DJ. I hear something that's dope, oh yeah, bro, I'm on it. Like, okay, yeah, we can work with this and we're gonna have a dope show. You know what I'm saying? So I love that. Same night. thing like when with, with Yara. Like everything everybody said I did it, then I know that shit was rehearsed. Bro, it's just Put on a good show. All I know is how it. to read my crowd, bro, and put on a good show. Read them, see the artists I'm working with, bro, and they say hey, we gonna vibe with each other and we gonna rock. And you're also a studio engineer, and we're here in San Di- uh, we're here in San Diego at this lab setup. I love it. Um, thanks for having me at the um, at the spot. Um, I ask all my guests, where were you born and raised? Born and raised, I'm a San Diego, California native. What part of SD? Like Southeast San Diego, man. I grew up in Little Africa. You know what I'm saying? For those that don't know, that's like pretty much like at the bottom of Emerald Hills and shit. Um, just right off the 94. You know what I'm saying? So right in the middle of Southeast, right in the heart of the shit. You ever wonder how like mom and dad ended up here? How did family end up here? You ever know the story? Yeah, we talk about that shit all the time. Cause my family all like from, majority of my family from New Orleans, from Louisiana. My grandma's side and my mom's side, they from like Texas and shit, Oklahoma. So... Yeah, it's a big, bro, the stories is, is different, you know what I'm saying, just how they end up migrating this way, really, I wasn't really given the circumstances of why they left, but for whatever reason, I think, like, with my dad's mom, it was, like, my, my grandfather, like, work-wise and shit, he had got a job out here in California or something, and it was more money where they was at, you know, and then they came out here and moved out, my grandma bought her first house, both of my grandmas bought her first house, bro, yeah, oh. you know, back in the day, you know, we talking about now like an eight eight hundred thousand dollar house, bro. Back then, what you paid like sixteen sixteen crazy, grand, man. bro. You know what crazy, man. Damn, in San Diego, <laughs> same fucking house, bro. Yeah. Uh, what was your earliest uh, memories of Southeast? Like, what was that community like growing man, up? Man, like early memories, it was like just like anything. It's always been been grimy, but it was cool because as a kid, like. My grandma would walk. She would take us everywhere. She didn't give a fuck about the gangs, colors, none of that shit, bro. Like she had us everywhere, bro. We was in parks and 
you know, other section, other hoods and shit, just chilling, like, just being kids, bro, and it, it was dope, and then the older years, like, yeah, it was just a lot of shit I experienced in that, you know, you see growing up in that area where it kind of, it's either going, it's going to mold you into something, bro, and you know how to move and survive that shit, or it's going to eat you the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And you have to find some kind of passion to latch on to, right? Mm-hmm. Just to keep you out of trouble, right? I'm sure. Yes, sir. Um, what was, like, your earliest memories of hip-hop in San Diego? Like, or just the hip-hop culture that, that you witnessed out here? It was it was dope. Like, I first got put on the hip-hop by my older brother. And we going back to, like, like classic hip-hop days. Like, UTFO, Houdini, shit like that, bro. Slick Rick. Like, when the Great Adventures of Slick Rick dropped, like, bro. It was just... It was a whole different thing. The culture out here, bro, we had so many concerts, so many shows. There was so many different venues. It was go back in the. It was a lot of access. The B Boy scene, bro, it was ridiculous. Now I talk about this all the time, like B Boy wise. Yeah, like we had one of the dopest events that came that used to come down here, bro, which was the B Boy Summit. Mm In between that, you had the uh, what was called the ruckus, and it yeah. would be at the park then, like, bro, and it was dope. So you had the B-Boys, B-Girls out there breaking, bro. You had the MCs, you had the DJs. It was just, it was all love. And just over time with anything, man, like, everything changes as the city gentrifies. Oh, they want to make shit look pretty for the tourists and shit. You know, I get it. It's money, but it, it kind of... It fucked off our culture, bro, as far as the hip, what we had, the true form of hip-hop, that shit, and how it was building. It kind of fucked that off a little bit, bro, because things would be a lot different if we still had that intact. Of course. Because it's just, we only have a small piece of that now. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, it used to be a big chunk. Like, we would, it would, B-Boy Summer came, bro, you had people from all over the world. Country They came out here, bro. For that, from B boy, from B boy exactly. battle, for B boy battle, bro, and it's it just... kept shit alive with that mm-hmm. type of shit going mm-hmm. down, right? Yeah, and it just it... keeps it alive. And for me, that mm-hmm. was like dope moments, cause like, yeah, it was inspiring to me as a DJ, bro, cause I got yeah. to witness like some of the dopest DJs rock back then. You know what I'm saying? Some of the cats I looked up to, you looked up to that inspired me to really start doing this shit. More or less, really taking the lane of the turntablism route. It was like, okay, instead of just being a house DJ, house party DJ, and then spinning music, which is cool, hey, you probably be like, nah, I always want to fucking scratch, be juggling, uh-huh. like, get down with this shit. Like, to me, that was the fucking DJ and shit. So it was like, okay, I started kind of going that route. And then, again, like, we used to have, we don't have, like, the DJ battles and shit we used to have. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a lot. But, again, it, it doesn't mean it can't be brought back. Who's the first DJ that influenced you that you saw that out? you were like, wow, I want to be like that dude? Whether it was locally or, or on TV, like, who was just the first DJ that... Like, locally, blew my motherfucking mind, was L.A. Reckless. Mm. Out here in SD? Yep. And, yeah, then again, this was at this was at a B-Boy Summit. This dude said he beat, juggled uh, Eric B. and Rakim for president. Like, the set was so cold when he went to get off. No other DJ went to go on, bro. Everybody was like, nah, bro, because he was just in the zone. Is he still alive? He might still be around. I ain't heard. I'm going I'm to have to look, look reckless up, bro, but I'm pretty sure he is. Um, on some party rock shit, locals, uh, my nigga Cool T and Dizzy D. 
like my first that was like my first club DJ experience and walking in and seeing these dudes rocking four by they on four turntables so you got I think Cool T was at the top yeah and then Dizzy D was at the bottom and bro and A's just simultaneously in sync bro just be like hey, bro had shit lit bro we don't have nothing like that no more that's crazy man how, how old were you the first time you hopped on the decks that you really started messing with it I was 13 wow Started the perfect age. That's yep. a perfect age. Dude. I was thirteen. That's like a sponge, like full of like knowledge that that you're gonna like a lot of energy to to, to learn it. Yeah. You by sixteen, me? I was locking myself in a room. Like I didn't come out the house. By then, like my parents already knew I was smoking weed. <laughs> so my mom, my grandma had this talk with me. And it was like, cool, if you gonna smoke, like just do it here at the house. We don't want you out in the streets doing something stupid. It's just so cool. All the homies would come over. We'd be back in the room, hot boxing, smoking. And they would just fucking listen to me fucking practice and DJ. What's the fucking day? What's the first piece of vinyl you own? Um, first or you bought with your own set? That I bought with my own money. Or mom bought it for you, or you bought it with your own, but something that you own, the first vinyl that you own that's yours. I was proud of, bro. I would say um, it was uh, it was an NWA record. Straight <laughs> out of Sick. You had the wax. Oh my, still got it, bro. It's probably in the tech and it's autographed. Sick. By who? By the whole NWA. I what? ran into him. So crazy story. I ran into him at a concert. So I didn't what? know. Like I learned this later on. You met Dre? Yeah, that um that uh fuck, what artist was there performing that night that they were signed? I didn't know they were ruthless artists at the time. And I just learned this a couple months ago. We had a talk with somebody. They told me that shit. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, okay. It makes sense. And I told him, like, I ran into all these dudes backstage. It was Easy, Dre, Yella, and uh, and Ren. Only person. And, and Q. Because Q was the first ice cube. He was, that was the first autograph I got. And I got Q's autograph was, like, on a napkin, bro. And then <laughs> before, that was, then I got the vinyl, bro, with all them fucking signing that shit. Wow. Where's, where is it now? It's probably somewhere in that stack. In there for the show, bro. I you still gotta, got it. Gotta frame that. I got a few autograph pieces, bro. I mean, I don't spell and play the records, but it's in there when I move. But you know, that just kind of it keeps them safe and protected. Once I get back, set back in the studio before, yeah, they were <laughs> all displayed around. How old were you when you first rocked the house party? Shit, sixteen. I was killing house parties. Fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> Um, perfect age. Shit like, yeah, perfect bro, I was age, like, dog. I wanted to go into the military. The thing was, you I did? wanted to go into the military, bro. And the biggest thing was, I was like, cool, I was DJ. Because I was like, cool, I'll be able to travel the world. Because my biggest thing, I wanted to go to Japan and shit. Because the, the hip-hop culture was big. Especially the DJ culture out there at the time. Um, by the time I hit 17, 18, bro, I was making so much money fucking DJing. So busy, it was like, huh? I was like, military what? Like, I was just, I was in another fucking zone. So you graduate high school. What was your plan? Like, well, in your mind, thinking I graduate high school and this is the plan. I always been like, I'm gonna make this shit happen. So, like, as much as me and my dad bumped heads, bro, and that shit, he was like, "You too smart. Like, go go to uh, school and get your IT cert and shit. Like, yeah. you know this shit." I'm like, "Nah, you should tell him that's not what I want to do." It just wasn't in your heart. Exactly, it wasn't in my heart, bro. And it's like I'm not gonna be stuck sitting doing something I want to do. I'm like, bro, I look at you. You do the same shit that you. You're bored. So it's just like, I don't want to be bored, bro. I want something I love fucking doing, bro. And I love fucking DJing. Our parents didn't... How do I say this? Their generation, especially Filipino folks, they don't care about happiness. They care about stability and something steady. 
It didn't matter if it made you happy or not. As long as it was steady and stable. Just the, the gen, that older generation, if they saw us trying to take a risk, they're like, no, no, yeah, no. You know what? They didn't have a vision. Not, yeah, they don't. They didn't have a vision, bro. And if we had that, they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Like, they tried to, like, kill that. We love our parents to death. Yeah, always had the vision, bro. Like, but you had, this is like, what I was going to do. Hey, and this is how I'm going to do heart. it. Hey, win or lose. And I think telling our parents that it's not in our hearts is doing them good so we don't waste nobody's yeah. time. And eventually, depend. Like, it got to a point where um, I was doing a lot of battles. I had moved up to the Bay Area. Oh, you did? Yeah, so I was doing a lot of battles, bro. And then uh, my dad had this girlfriend, this chick he was dating at the time. And she would always come. My dad would never come. Like, she would always come support the shit. And then she would get on to now, like, dude, you got to come see this shit. So finally, well, you get down, bro. You get down. You get yeah, and then he was like, fuck. He's like, because he would hear me at home practicing shit. Yeah. But he's like, fuck. I had no idea people had this like type of reaction to you. And, like, it's like that. Like, this is what you was doing it for. Like, Been the whole time. That's what you Yeah, was so for. he was like, after that, then he kind of was like, okay. He gave me a little more respect with it. And then, um, because that was one thing we always had in common was music, bro. We would always just take drives and just listen to different types of music and shit. And then as I got more into the production shit, he would, like, try to challenge me. He would send me, like, old school shit. Like, oh, I bet you can't sample this. And make nothing else. And that shit right back to him in, like, an hour. Like, oh, he'd be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. So speaking of production, how old were you when you started messing with that? Like, making beats? I was, like, around, bro. I would say, uh... I was like 17, 18. Wow, so it all started early for yeah. you. Um, how about writing rhymes? Writing rhymes even early, bro. I was writing rhymes in like junior high because my brother, like my older, my oldest brother, he he was dope, bro, and he was like always dope with the pen. I was like the the motherfucker. I would write shit. It wasn't the dopest, but I would never let nobody hear because I knew I'm like, oh my shit. You're just start. a hip hop head, exactly. Then as I got older, it was like okay. You know, my uh, my youngest brother, rest in peace, Lil' Eight. Like, him and other homie Rebel, they was rapping and shit. And then I was like, okay. You know, because we all around the same age at this time. And I'm like, okay, hey. Just gonna kind of do my thing. So we started recording shit. I'm like, cool. And I remember the homie gave me a tip. He was just like, man, all you got to do is just like, he's like, you know how to write. You know how to pin your shit. You just got to perfect your flow and your delivery. And I just took that shit. I'm already really not taking it to heart in a bad way, but like, yeah, locking that shit in. I was like, okay. Do you, do you consider yourself a DJ, producer, MC? Which one? Exactly. Which, what's the most important hat to you? That they're all important. They're all they're all elements of hip hop, bro. So they're all equal to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because that combination together, it's powerful, and that's what I try to do a lot with my production is combine all them elements. Like, oh, who's that cutting on that? That's me cutting on that shit. And that's right. So. And ladies and gents, like, Cali Product is also a studio engineer. Like, he can mix and master his own, um, like, vocals and beats. So, you're a triple threat, quadruple threat. Which one do you enjoy the most? Which role do you enjoy? Like, do you love DJing? Do you love recording a little more? I mean... Do you love making beats? Which... If you rank it. I know you say... If I, if I rank it, yeah. I mean, I can rank it. Not be straight up. Like, DJing is number one. Bro. Well, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's fucking passion. That's interesting. Because, again, that's where... That's the backbone. The curiosity and the passion to want to produce and make beats came from. The same passion to pen a fucking verse in the 16 came from... Me listening to so many dope ass MCs on fucking records, yeah. like yeah, studying. You know how to do it too. You know? 
So you know how to hit pockets and cadence and just arrange a song, make a fucking song. That's why I tell everybody, like, bro, we make anything you want. I don't limit myself on creativity. Come here, like, bro, what do you want to fucking do? You name it, and we can fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like in a day, let's just make the music. I'm never gonna make no type shit. Like, oh, I'm gonna make this type shit. Like, nah, bro, I'm gonna make like, hey, what we feeling? What's the vibe? What you on? Hey, I'm gonna drop this type of beat, bro. Let's just make the music. You know? Because end of the day. The people are going to decide. The listeners. Your fan base is going to decide what's what. What they feel they deem is hitting. Uh, on the production side of things, what makes you ins- what makes you inspired? Like, do you have to... Do you make beats every day? Is it once a week? Twice a week? Nah, I have spurts. And same thing with... I think with writing because, yeah, the same thing with writing. You'll have... I can, I'll hit that creativity block. And then I have days where, okay, I come in, I have that zone, I feel it, and I'll come 5, 10, like a day, boom, and I'll just be, be in that zone every day from like a week. Then I'll take a break and then I'll start pinning. Because a couple of those, either A, during that, I'll probably make something so dope, like I'll stop and I'll fucking pin a whole song to that shit real quick. All right, put it on the side and then keep going, make some more beats. Then, all right, I'm done beat making, I'm, I'm ready to record. Let's talk about your EP, Almost Famous. Um, yeah. How many songs we got on there? It's 12 cuts, man. It's, it's a deluxe. And you produced everything. There's there's two two cuts I didn't produce. Check My ID, which is produced by my, my nigga uh, DJ J. Wealth, who I co-host a radio show with on Dash X. Dope. And then my nigga Castle Money Beats, who uh, long-time collaborator, just my dude, my bro, like me and Castle Money go way back, so... Yeah, he slipped me one. He actually made the beat custom for me and gave me an idea. He was like, this is track called It's All a Dream. I'm going to let you get a bargain, too. And he was like, you should take, he's like, bro, you should take the Biggie sample, It's All a Dream. So I was like, nah, I didn't take that particular Biggie sample. But I was like, all right, I'm kind of take that idea, bro, and concept for the song. I do chop up, like I scratch a Biggie sample. There's a couple of different cuts, bro, where it just tied it all together. And then how I wrote the hook, it's a couple, it's a line I took from a Biggie song to just kind of make it. It's dope. And it's just that, it's kind of, um, I want to say it's it's me paying homage, bro, again, to to the, the genre of hip-hop. And again, like, to just dope MCs, like, that's like Biggie. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you either take some stuff like that, bro, and you do it some justice, or it's like, oh, like, dude, what the fuck did you do? You know? Let me ask you this. Um, out of the 12 songs, you produce 10 joints. And you mix it, you're mixing and mastering everything of your own. Yeah. It's like, a tedious process, bro. Because wow. it's a lot of, like, a lot of engineers that make sure they'll stay away from, from the mastering. But now, just the way technology changes, it's just like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on a time schedule. So it's like, and I know what I'm after, and I know what to do, and I know exactly what the fuck I, I know what I'm doing. So it's like, yeah, and it's like, I'll do it in stages, because it's like, yeah, even my ears want to make songs. I got to give my ear a break. I'll take a day off. And I don't come touch the shit, and I'll come back. You know, you got to come back fresh. Like, you can only listen so much, because after maybe the first two songs you mix, your ears already trained to that that sound that's what they're used to so everything's gonna kind of sound like that and then once you come back you play that shit the next day you know it's like hold on you know oh, that's every, true. you know something's all right you gotta start making those adjustments so it's just a matter of 
you have to hold a standard to what you're doing and your product at the end of the day because that's your brand. Your name's right on it. So it's like, yeah, take that time to make sure it's right before, you know, you, you put it out there and let it go. So we all made some mistakes to do and I've done it before. So it's just like, nah, this time around, it's like, nah, it's going to be done fucking right. The way yeah. you want it. Exactly. And making sure that you don't regret putting it out because you fix everything you needed to mm-hmm. fix, right? Exactly. There's the little detail that counts. There's little that, details that makes that an counts. album exactly. great. Exactly. Exactly. And it's the tedious work that makes an artist dedicated, you know. Um, let me ask you this. When are you dropping the EP? EP drops next month, May 12th, wow. which is on, it's on my little bro's birthday, you know. He had been 43. So, it's on his birthday. And the title of the, the, um, the project almost famous there's no song on there at all but that was that was the last song he recorded a single he did that we both was proud of bro we listened to that song numerous times the day before he passed away so it was just again that's me the that project was like man it's something i'm doing something for him dropping on his birthday what's your brother's name low eight low eight young capo so, you know, those are those street legend, man. Southeast San Diego street legend. You know, salute to the guy. He's still here with us in spirit. Again, that's how I was able to bang out this project. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it was weird. It's a lot of shit, mixes, and where levels will end, will end up at was like kind of on eight. And I'm just like, dude, where everything just kind of set in that right pocket. It's crazy, right? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Spirit's here. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, the music scene in San Diego, there's so much talent out here. From MC yeah. from MCs to producers, like like how do you how do you feel about the scene? Like are, are you proud of it? I know I am. Like there's a lot of talent it's, coming out for twenty. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of dope talent out here. Um I don't fault the talent at all because there's there's a ton of fucking dope ass talent. Right. It's more of the a lot of the event promoters got to do a lot of better job providing platforms to display these dope artists that we have out here. You know, a lot of the bigger platforms, there should be a night, uh, an indie night at the Music Box, <laughs> yeah. at House of Blues. Yes. You know, for that just showcases, and it ain't like you don't charge the artist to get on. Like, not just that's the whole point. It's like the culture, bringing the culture and the love back. But hey, so we working at it. You know, it'll we're get good. there. But we got a dope scene. It's it's definitely progress. And and for the 14 years I've been living in San Diego, um, I feel like you know I know the pandemic shut everything down, but after the pandemic, post pandemic, like the there was. There's been more events coming out lately. And yeah, everybody's starting to get back out the house now. You too. know? So that's where you're starting to see a lot of more people come out too, and it's making it better because I think everybody's getting back in that comfort zone where they feel comfortable venturing out, going to shows and events. And we've got a lot of stuff popping. As a DJ, what makes an artist stand out to you? What, what lets you know they got something different? And they got something. They got that it factor, you know? That key word. Not everybody has the it factor. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the originality. Yeah. Definitely one. As a DJ, I'm listening to your your selection and your production and how you deliver over that track. Hey, is that something I'm going to hit you up for? Like, hey, slide me that DJ pack. Yep. It's like, yeah, I'll have you in rotation. 
I do it for a lot. Like, again, if I, you catch me here, I fuck with you. Like, yeah, psh, I'm going to hit you up and let you know. Now I'm going to be tagging you. It's going to be on my track listing. Yep. So, yeah, that's it. It's just just Reason. being original, honestly, bro. Not gimmicky. Being yourself. Mm-hmm. What makes a performer stand out to you? Does that count? Like, the stage presence. Does, does that matter these Definitely. days? Definitely. So to me, like, oh, yeah. it, to me, it's always going to be a key yeah, factor. Yeah, man. The, the you got to have stage presence. Because you have, I've seen artists where you can have a dope the music project. is dope. Yeah, you have a dope project. Oh, streets, everybody's loving it. Then it's like you get on stage and it's like you're so laxed with it because you just, oh, I'm the fucking man or yes. whatever. It's yes. like, oh, I don't really have to do shit, but just, uh, blah, blah. Nah. Nah, man, that's not how it goes. No doubt. I mean, I've seen industry artists do the same shit too. Like I've been out in Vegas, bro, and and like like nah, this is that's not it. Like you know, it's like rock that shit. Mm-hmm. Rock. <laughs> oh, I want to say this though too, for the record, rock that shit. No vocals. Yes. No vocals. If you got an ad-lib over that tight, you know what I'm saying? Maybe in and out here and there. If it's a TV track, that's cool. But uh-huh. your verse. Nah. Practice your verse, man. No, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Practice makes perfect. Other than that, even then, with no vocals, just spit that shit. You can have a hook on there. Yes. That way you can catch your breath in between getting into the next verse. But no vocals, that's the best thing, and that's the number one thing when performing. I'm looking at right away that's going to grab me as I'm listening. Like, as soon as I hear vocals on my motherfucker, around my like, fuck, I'm done. <laughs> I'm no longer interested. It can be the dope-ass fucking song. But if that's how it was performed, like, nah. And I'll politely tell you, like, hey, bro, like, it'd be a lot doper if you did. <laughs> What's your thoughts on hip-hop? <laughs> What's your thoughts on hip-hop turning 50? And where do you think... Oh, man, it- <laughs> that whole... <laughs> that whole dispute? Like, so, for example, let's say one thing we've talked about is... So, like, we, again, that, that pertains to, like, the Jim Jones trolling Pusha T. Oh, feeling, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like that's what you. Well, what do you think of like hip hop training fifty? And I guess what I mean is, we've seen where it's been and, and, yeah. where, and where it went. Then we saw the peak and we saw the decline a little bit. Where do you think is the next fifty years of this? Because the, the the first fifty years is already like whoa. Yeah. We saw so many styles come and go. That part, that part, and what do you think, think styles come and go? And what I do see making a major comeback. It's that boom bap, that real, that bar shit, that real MC shit. And, you know, that's that's what it is. I think people, again, people are back to where, yeah, they went through, everybody's done went through so much shit with the pandemic, losing people, losing death and shit. Okay, hey, I would love to party, but I'm not in party mode. I want to hear some shit I can relate to. Yep. Some I relatable content. I can dig, like, yeah, I, did, I am there right now. Yeah, that got me through. Because, you know, think about, like, when pandemic hit, there was no club. No, no clubs open. So why am I fucking rapping about standing on the couch popping bottles and shit? You know, um, as far as like the hip hop culture and the violence that's been going on to these last, you know, I don't know, man, this last three, four, five years, like, what's going on with their community? Why? 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 Why do you think the violence is so high again in in, in the culture? Artists getting targeted. Artists dying. Artists getting shot. It's, 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 it's crazy, thing. man. It's, one one, thing. it's like once a month it's somebody's dying. It's, 
It's, it's, the, it's the most powerful drug in the world right now. Which one, you think? Social media. You think violent? You think that kind of... Social media. Plays a big... Yeah, it does. It does play a factor in the violence. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Yep. They know where you're at. Because he just said it. A, I'm live. Or B, hey, when I am posting... I'm very disrespectful about my posts. I'm doing this. I'm still, I'm shitting on niggas. It's like I'm asking for it. Hey, 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 hey. And that's really what it, it comes down to. Other than that, it's like if you're minding your own business and you're just moving, bro, and you get your bread, nobody care like you. Nobody's going to really target that. Yeah, shit happens. But it's like a lot of motherfuckers, again, they, they make it, they self broke because they move. Or again, it's like, okay, hey, you... You move in a certain type of way. You present yourself in a type of way. Then you go to this certain city. Hey, I'm not from here, but I'm going to pull up over here to this city. Now I'm going to go now. I'm on my social media. Like, yeah, I'm walking around like I own this motherfucker. Yeah. There's a lot of violence going on. Yeah. A lot of young lives. And, then, young, and another young. thing is like, and this is this is the truest shit. It's, it's the motherfuckers closest to you. Yeah. That'll do you. So it's... Or sometimes you think... Or sometimes you think it's all love in your hometown, and it's it not. Ain't. It's crazy, right? Because we think it is, or we want to feel like it is, but maybe it's not. And you don't know what others are, what others are feeling towards you. Exactly, ain't. It's always. There's always one Solange in the elevator, man. And in hip-hop, <laughs> you're taught to like get back to where you come from. Yeah. And even though that's the intention... Sometimes it's just not received right. Yeah, right. you just gotta know. It's crazy, man. If you think about it's it, it's called. You know that goes with loving. You just gotta love from a distance. At that point, yeah. you know you get back. It's like there's other ways to do it. It's like I don't gotta be like okay, get to a level to go back to the block and do all this shit. It's like if I'm not hitting the block and hanging out and doing all this shit, fucking right now because I'm fucking grinding. Like why am I gonna take the time out to do that shit once I fucking hard work and grind it and got to this point? Why am I about to go there knowing like, yeah, somebody, someone's going, all it takes, it don't take nothing. Fraction of a second, fuck this shit off. Yep. Make some, make some liquor involved. Exactly. It don't, it don't take much. Like, bro, I've seen shit happen at the drop of a dime. So it's just like, you got to be aware of your surroundings and how you move and, and period. And you got to be cognizant that, like, how do you want to move? Some motherfuckers, that's, hey, that's how they want to go. Because a lot of niggas, like... They really, they really ain't about that. That wasn't them. Now they got a little bread where it's comfortable. They're being accepted because the, the bread or what their little status is, is buying them that protection or that comfort to be able to move around until a minute, until it burn out, until there's just a grimy nigga that get comfortable enough to let you in until they learn you nigga and then bam, now you're got. Now you're another motherfucking post yeah. on the motherfucking, on the, on, on the ground. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I mean. Rest in peace to all those who lost the senseless, senseless stuff. Like, you just saw the other yeah. day, a 14-year-old then, from Chicago got shot. Another, another kid, 14-year-old rapper, drill, drill, like the drill rappers are like, I, I feel like there's something going on. Every yeah, they time. got a whole nother program. Yeah, man. Bro, and I mean, it's that's, crazy. That's like, I can't really speak on their politics, bro, but I just know like, yeah, bro, they got a whole nother program and yeah. shit wicked. It's like, yeah, niggas like, we had our episodes and shit, but now it's a whole nother ball game out there. Maybe we are getting older, and maybe it's a good thing that we're getting older. It's part of life, you know. Yeah, you know. Again, you grow we embrace up. it. Exactly, exactly. You know, and it's you. You understand, and it's just like because like it's their time to wild out because we had our yeah, time, and it, it it was there. And all we doing now is sitting back and watching it. It's just like it's just amped up. This whole thing, 
it was like there was a lot of shit. Like you look at what's going on like in, in, in Chicago and shit now. It was no different what was going on like back here and shit was popping in LA. In LA when the gang shit was super super funky. It was just there was no social media. You didn't hear about time. You heard about certain shit in the news, but shit happens so much like they're not reporting everything. Now social media is there. You got all these little fucking internet news thing. They they're all seen with camera getting shit. So you you see the shit, you're yeah. hearing, it, and everybody and their mama posting it. Yeah. So it's just like the, fuck. It, it travels quicker. It's quicker as fuck. You wake up to it. It's almost like too much. Maybe we don't need to report everything. Yeah, that's why I don't have Facebook, bro. That's like I always have fun. I always find out how one of the homies got killed or some shit, bro, I always look fast, so I'm like, bro, I don't do Facebook no more, bro, it's just, <laughs> let me ask you this, uh, let's, let's talk some TV, have, have okay. you, were you a fan of Snowfall? Hell yeah, <laughs> bro, I just, bro, I just, yeah, I just no! look at, oh my god, yeah. hey, Franklin's going through it right now, <laughs> he going through it right now, um, you watched the last episode? I did, it was, it's pretty sad, and then maybe yeah, rewatch, it, it's it, fucked it, up, maybe rewatch the whole thing, but, I miss it, they was all like That's a pretty accurate thing though It's kind of like Hey You know what Yeah Never saw it that way We always think They're gonna get shot Or go to jail Which does happen 99% of the time mm-hmm. yeah. Okay The Wu-Tang Hulu series What you think That was dope I like it too That, that was dope That was crazy That was super dope <laughs> That was super dope. And I think they had their hands in a lot of it, so it's like they wasn't going allowed to be whack. That was the same thing like when uh like when Shroud of Compton came out. You oh, know, Dre yeah. and, and That Kool opened the doors, huh? It. Yeah. And when the Hulu series came out for Wu Tang, didn't it make you revisit the first album? The the thirty six change? It made me it made me re listen to it again, like, damn, this is a classic. It's always been a classic, but after the T V show it's like um, cool man what's what's your advice for upcoming DJs the one to get in this industry for all the youth out there listening what top three things you need to advise DJs if they want to do this don't use the sync buttons like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was playing I mean if you choose it it don't matter bro you do you do what it you know everybody got their style what they do um, again same thing like I would say with MCs and, and artists be original yeah be original that uh that uh work for you every time being a dj trust me and they get you a whole lot farther practice your shit hone your motherfucking skills you know what i'm saying perfect your craft and you can't lose number three you know just present yourself be professional um and and just go at it bro you can't give up you get a lot of no's like it ain't especially now because the it's just like everything else, the market is so saturated. Just, bro, you gotta grind. But I do see it being a lot easy for a lot, a lot of up and coming DJs to get their foot in the door too. So you just gotta grind, present yourself right, man. Get you a little following together. Um, keep your number, bad bitches around. <laughs> How your homies meet you at the club? <laughs> How your homies meet you there? You know what I'm saying? How them niggas get a table and shit, and then you just show up with a bunch of baddies. And oh, trust me, bro, you get business. And that that's my biggest tip. That was the extra one. That was the extra gym. That was more than three. I slid y'all a gym right there on that one. <laughs> trust me, it works. You'll get all kind of gigs. Hey, listen. Yeah. Um, how about this? As far as like producers and, and like trying to get into production, what's your tips for them? And especially in this indie route, you know, like uh, any tips for producers trying to produce for artists? 
Yep, definitely. Um, same thing. Be original, man. You know, take the time out to really, you know, figure out your lane, what you want to do, and perfect your sound. Find a way to create your sound. Because everybody's waiting for that next new thing. And that's what goes big. And you and whether or not you believe this shit, when you do and you perfect it, when you come left field with it, that's when it just really blows. Because nobody was expecting it. It's like, yeah. if you're, you're doing this, you know, another thing is, like, you can't do, and then this falls back with everything. Don't do this shit for the money. Do not make fucking the money the number one fucking priority. Here. Yeah. Like, the, trust me, you'll never fucking see it. <laughs> you'll never fucking see it. No doubt. No doubt. It has to come from the heart. First yep. and foremost, you do it because you genuinely love it and it makes you happy. Yeah, all aspects of it. It makes you happy. That's makes what you, you happy. got a passion for. You love the music. You love making other people happy. Yeah, all show. the shit you're doing. And, you know, that should be gratification enough and more than enough payment. Like, I love it. That shit satisfies me enough. When I know I do some dope shit, or if I'm DJing, I'm rocking, I do a dope set, and was like, yeah, you know, give me my compliment, props on that. And sometimes we could be a little modest to accept those things. Sometimes, like, ah, you know, it's okay, but it's like, nah, like, you know, embrace that shit. Okay. Somebody thanks you, and yeah, they're telling you, they're complimenting, they're letting you know you're dope. You gotta embrace that. No doubt, because a lot of people, like, you know. We also know those who stop pursuing their dreams, and it's good that you keep doing it, even as an adult. Like it's so easy for people to discourage us. It's easy to be discouraged and to forget about your passion. You know, if it's in your heart, you gotta do it. You gotta get it out of your system. Yep, that's how I do. Like everything I'm making is based off of feeling, emotion. Like right now, I'm feeling that day. Yep. Um. What are you listening to these days? What you bump in? Who, who, who's your favorite artist right now? Whether it's hip-hop, R&B. Oh, some hip-hop shit, man. I listen to a lot of um, Stoke God Cooks. Okay. Uh, kind of like, you know, that's kind of my shit right now. Some Bodie James. Okay. Rome Street. Like the Griselda camp in general. Um, other than that, like, I always, like, just fall back to, like, just some soul, bro. Like, some dramatic stylistics. Like, you know, just uh That just kind of just cleanses. You know, kind of cleanses me, bro. It keeps everything fresh. You know what I'm saying? And balancing them when I come in here. It's just like, all right, I can kind of just... I can dial in on exactly what I'm doing. Because a lot of times, I'll know. It's like, either, yeah, I heard something that caught my attention. Or I'll hear something that put me in that type of mood. Like, all right, you know what? I'm about to go make some of this type of vibe. And I was coming here and just do my thing. So, how often do you dig for samples? How often do you dig for uh, samples to put, samples to loop? Every beat session. (laughs) Every beat session. Um, Yeah. Very seldom now, like, it was different. I used to play, like, a lot. Just play a lot of keys and shit. But music progressing, like, now it's just like, yeah, I love, like, chopping samples has always been my thing. So it's just like I'm dope at it. So yeah, every beat session, anytime I'm making beats, like yeah, there's samples in there. You probably won't even sound like it's chopped so good, like you not gonna even notice. Who had a bigger influence on you? RZA or Premier? Premier. Hands down. Ooh. They both are crazy though. Both are crazy, but Premier different is, sounds too. Premier like has a different sound. Like the woo sound, like RZA sound like it's dope, but RZA had some shit too. Premier shit's like universal, bro. Yeah, Premier like, shit is crazy. Day. 
You know what's so interesting? He defined the New York sound, and he's from Texas. Mm-hmm. Primo's from Texas. And he defined the East Coast hip-hop sound. I think him, Pete Rock, and RZA defined Again, that's that. another one. So, I mean, I'm like, yeah, like Pete Rock, Premier, you know, Drake, Jay Dilla, and, and like Just Blaze, bro. Like, it was like there's a lot of producers, shit, like I really just listened to. And Key, that's the type of shit, like, I like, like, yeah. Um, it's music, timeless. New artists, who 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 are you like checking for? Like, I know you said Bodie James, right? Uh, some, like the like else? outside of that, like like on some some bouncy shit, like like me, like I'm spinning like in my set, like I fuck with Lil Baby. Okay. Um, Which little, thing? Go ahead. See you, Jay. Uh, this new Swiss Beats, the, the EP that they put out. Oh yeah. That shit dope. With J Cole. Yep. Um, plus, man, I would say, uh, Moneybag, yo, still, still a T.I. fan. You an MF Doom fan? Yep. What's your thoughts on MF Doom, man? Past, that's one of the hardest ones, too, man. Damn. Yeah, it's... That was fucked up. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, it's been like, it's been, the great thing, like, it's just been like that, bro. Like, we've been losing legends, bro, so it's like, I really can't put it, put it in the words, bro. It's just... It, it fucking sucks, bro. It's like, we hear, like, me, I deal with death so much, bro. It's like, I hear you hear shit like that. It's like, damn. Like, it's just like a shock. That's like different, like, no different when, you know, we had the Mac Dre era. Mac Dre get killed. That was fucked up, too, man. Yeah. Man. You know, that was, yeah. that was hella love feel. Like, fuck, what the fuck, you know? So, shit like that, bro, just make, it make you fucking think, bro. And then, you know, recently you had the shit with, with, um, who was that would take off getting killed, bro? Oh, damn. So yeah. it's like. Not that I forgot about that, but damn, like. You know, you got about, like, you know, nip, take off. There's a lot. There's a lot. Smoke. There's a lot. Yeah, bro. It's a lot. Slim 400. Bro, like, it's just, it's a lot. It's been a lot of wild shit. Yeah, bro. Yep. That happened. King Von. At BG Duck, and again, that was just on street politics, and that's the shit where, and that's what happens when the street politics spills into the music, bro. Or you know, you let Spinks again the way some of these young cats make these records, bro. Like, again, it's disrespectful, and that's how you end up motherfuckers on social media because yeah, hey, it's entertainment, you know. And it's sales thing. What's the what do people watch the most? What do we want to see? Sex, drugs, and fucking violence. What's, that's what's like selling for this mainstream. For that, that's what all these little motherfuckers gonna portray, bro. That's what they portray. Even sucks, then, hey, man. that product, they environment, but they're like, yeah, hey, this on TV ain't fucking waste on Netflix and so Hulu, so shit. And hip hop is so much more than that, and I can't believe that's the one that's getting pushed out there, right? Yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. That's that's what the that's the, the, the poster child of hip hop right now. That's a good way to put it. Like, but it, it, it's you know it, it's the poster shifting. child, you know <laughs> the main face. Yeah. So, let me see. As a DJ, like, do you think these days you really have to dig and dig for that good music? Is it available easily? Do you get lost in all the selection? Like, fuck, how do you? It's- even- Accessibility the Super easy now you know? you know like You have record pulls Like BPM Supreme Heavyweights Like that So It's there If you know what you're looking for 
then yeah, you can kind of either search, narrow your search down, or okay, hey, put together and just listen, or you just kind of dig. You got time, hey, you can dig, listen. If you're kind of fresh at it, it can be overwhelming. You seem like, fuck, where do I start? Because it's so much, you're looking at so much information. It's like walking in to a, a digital fucking record store. How's the love in Vegas? <coughs> How, how's, how's the love you've been getting out there? We've been out there. Super love. Super love, man. So, again, shit, the day the EP drops, I'll be out there celebrating. So, we got a pool party uh, cracking off, bro. So, what is this? May 12th. May 12th. Yep. So, I'll be out, pool party yeah, I'll be out there for a nice week. Yep. <laughs> Chilling. Yeah. So, Vegas has always been my home away from home. <laughs> if anybody, anybody that know me, they know Kelly Product D Rock, aka Cabana Boy Rock. Yeah, they know Vegas is like my second stomping ground. Like everybody for a while, everybody thought I lived there. <laughs> I'm there like every other week. There's something about it, right? When you go, you don't want to come back. You don't want to leave. Yeah, I don't. And it's like, it's true. Like I can only be out there so long. I did. I think my the max I did was probably like seven days, bro. And that shit was like way too, entirely too much. Um, four days is like cool. Four days is even pushing it. But a lot of times, usually like that, third Two days. fourth day is my recovery. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fucking recovery time. But other than that, it's like love. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't stay away, bro. Like, I, th- I think it's this too. Like, you gotta. I always tell people this. You gotta know how to move in Vegas, bro. Yeah. Like, if not, I'm like, it'll eat you the fuck up. Yeah, you'll never go back. You'll never want to go back. Like, it'll do you dirty. It'll chew you up and spit you the fuck out. You, you, you <laughs> have to know when to walk away. Yep. At, at all levels, not just the gambling Yeah, table. not just the gambling. You There's a lot know, of shit you gotta know when to walk, walk away from. Because like, you'll get caught up. It's yeah, easy to bro. get caught the fuck up with yeah. some shit. And I also think, for those, because I used to go, <laughs> for those who go Vegas as an adult, you better go when you feel like you really do deserve it. And you've been, you've been working hard. That part. And you, and you need to take a break because you deserve it. That go, part. That part. It. That's that's my playground. That's but the best way to put it. Vegas is my fucking playground. But if you know you don't deserve it, don't Yeah, don't go. Because then it lets you know. And it definitely lets you know you don't deserve that shit. You deserve it. I think you do. As an adult. It's going to you back home. Big mad. Ah... <laughs> <laughs> Sloppy nights in Vegas. We all yeah. had them, and like sometimes you went big, right? You... Oh, I went big, bro. I hit some jackpots out there. That's where I hit my first jackpot. Was in Vegas. Look, a funny ass story. <laughs> um, I had just got divorced. Like, well, decided we were getting divorced and shit, bro. And fucking, um, I was drums up in the room, drinking. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna smoke this blunt, pour this drink. I'm about to go downstairs and gamble. So by the time I get downstairs, I'm hammered. I'm walking, I see this fucking, I walk by the high limit, bro, I just see some machine. I'm like, oh, that motherfucker look cool. Exactly what I said. <laughs> Sat down, the motherfucker sparked up a cigarette, bro, took a sip of the drink, popped 60 bucks in that motherfucker. First spin. I think it was only like a $5 bet, maybe two, bro. That motherfucker, bing, 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 jackpot. Like, no fucking way. Woo, yeah, bro. And after that, I was kind of on a streak. I came back here. I was fucking up Hamul Casino, bro. I was like, I was just on a streak. Like, yeah. Hamul Casino, yes. I was making a living off their ass, bro, for a while. So, dope, dope, dope. Yeah, it was dope. But yeah, other than that, yeah, just, um, yeah, well, you got to have a you gotta have a budget again. Go out there. Because other than that, like, it'll eat you up. Go out there, plan, plan your shit. Like, hey, stay here, know what you're doing, and you have a ball. Congratulations on your album release. Thank and, you. Um, and the pool party. 
let me ask you this. Are you going to have an album released in San Diego? Because that's necessary, you know? Yeah, we definitely we definitely are. So there's actually going to be a, a private listening party before then. So you'll get the invite to that. Definitely. Thank you, sir. That'll be good. You'll get the invite to that. Um, and another that, like, yeah, we are going to do something on a larger scale for everybody else as far as the actual whole release and, and a party setting and, and letting everybody... You know, in the city, get a get a chance to hear it. No doubt, that's gonna be fun. Um, before we wrap this up, uh, twenty twenty three is maybe almost halfway through it, right? Um, what are um, hello, how you doing? What are some of your um, short term goals for the rest of this year? For the rest of this, you know, just keep going. Really, like I told some of myself at the at the beginning of this year, even before we got into the beginning of the year. And no disrespect, no offense to anybody, but something I told myself was like, bro, I'm, I was gonna outwork everybody, and I'm just gonna continue to keep fucking working and outwork everybody in a good way. And, and that's when it just inspired everybody else to outwork me, bro. When you know, keep pushing and and just. Again, just shift the culture, especially in the city, and just really get the the notoriety that we deserve. Because it's just like, trust me, bro, I'll go out of town and say, we don't get, like, San Diego don't get the respect it it should. No, it doesn't. And um, I'm going to keep it a buck. <laughs> it doesn't. And I think there's so, many, so much talent here that deserves to be heard out of town, too, like... Like out of towners got to hear this, exactly. Like, or we got to bring it to them, you know. And you know what? On we got to expand out of here. Yeah, too, getting know? back onto some word advice, and this for any artists, DJs, producers, bro, especially like anybody that that's it. If you you in San Diego listening to this, you got to get out the city. Yeah, we love the town, but hey, it's bigger. It's bigger than the southeast. It's bigger than North Park. It's bigger than La Jolla's, man. It's bigger than all this shit. Trust me, you'd be surprised when you step out your comfort zone and get a little uncomfortable. Get comfortable getting uncomfortable. You'll be how surprised how much shit start moving and working and you like, okay, yeah, you'll see. And you actually start making a little bit of money off this shit. Amen. Um, artists, before you go, artists, what's your advice for artists trying to get in this? I know you said originality, but how about branding and marketing? Yeah, what's definitely. what's your thoughts on branding and marketing? As yeah. in, as, us and the artists too. You know, um, and I think with everything with your, with your work ethic is be consistent. You have to be and stay consistent with everything you're doing, especially with your brand. Everything got to be consistent. consistent. You know what I'm saying? So it just rocks and it flows, and push. Have a schedule. You know, have a schedule. The biggest thing. Have stuff planned out yeah, all the time. It's, yeah, it's discipline. So you know, discipline. plan. Discipline. Exactly. Key word, man. Because without discipline, nothing else. Everything else is just gonna be a fucking mess. So you gotta discipline yourself in order to be able to plan, and then execute the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that discipline, and learn how to take a break. I think it's good to take care yeah. of your mental health and physical health too. Self care is the biggest thing. I believe in hustling and working hard too. Mm-hmm. But I, I, 
I care about my people's mental health yeah. even more. Even bigger. Go to Vegas and let them lose. Yeah, go back at it. That takes care of your mental health yeah. right Vegas. Like, sometimes I'll travel, bro. I'll take, like, this much. I will say, I'll take this and that. And I'll, like, sit in my room and I'll make beats out there, bro. I'll sit there and make fucking beats in the room. If I catch a vibe, like, okay, because it's a whole different vibe. So I'm like, okay, I'll make some dope shit. Then I'll go out and do something. So it's just timing. Or a lot of times if I'm out, if I'm out there working, I got the setup. So I'm like, hey, I may be in a room and make some shit. Um, cool, man. Last question. What's your thoughts on Twitch? Is it, is it helping the DJ community? Do you like Twitch? Is it making the game more saturated? Is it helping it? Not like it, it's it's dope, bro. It's just another dope platform to be able to reach an audience and grow your fan base. Yeah. So you can never knock that. What is fucking up the DJ game DJ. is the, the people we you know who you are. You're not really DJing. Like you're just pressing buttons and shit. And a lot of it is to no offense, tea ladies. It's just like. Some dude came at you. He had this fucking great eye fucking deal. He probably is a DJ, but he can't get the fucking bookings. So he's like, hey, yeah, put on this fucking bikini top and this shit. Hey, stay my hair. I'll record the set for you. All you got to do is this. Pregnant, that's it. And that's what's kind of fucking it up right now. Because you get, now that's what's getting booked instead of the real DJs, the actual DJ that can go in and really rock and turn this shit up is like, you're getting that shit. Oh, this AI stuff before we go. <laughs> okay, you know, you know what's crazy? I'm thinking about technology and, and how it can create this illusion. Like you said, stand right here, and I'll pre-record the mix, and all you gotta do is stand right there. And and I'm thinking about these AI verses. What's your thoughts on this, dog? It it's crazy. Uh, like if somebody wants to be dirty, I saw the like video. bro, I'll have like you know I mean fucking rap motherfuckers. I'll have over my shit production and be like, oh, I'll just make some fucking money and then just dip out. You know, there's just it's like it could be dirty. I. Personally, like, uh, nah, bro, it's dangerous. You no, know, <laughs> that shit's dangerous. It's messing up everything, and it's kind of like it is. Where's this next fifty years of hip? That's why I ask. This next fifty years of hip hop going is AI gonna just compete with us now, humans? And yeah, pretty much. It that's be. crazy. Like, now you got yeah. This gonna be another Marlon D. AI <laughs> Marlon D. Fucking rapping in. You like what the? I didn't. I didn't write. When did I write this? When I record, I record this shit. Oh, there's a video too. Bro, that's crazy, right? You see like a video of you two on the AI. Dog. Oh, like man. So yeah, bro. It's the world's changing, and it, it seems like authenticity and, and real talent is getting like more in demand. Because technology is taking over. That's that's weird. that's that's the fucking problem is the computer can outwrap us yeah because they're making it so much easier now it's like it takes the the program the technology now you don't gotta have no talent your talent is gotta be hey watch a YouTube tutorial on how to fucking work this shit bam wow yo man any shout outs out there Uh, I know Almost Famous coming out on May 12th uh, any any shouts, any announcements you want to drop for the peoples out there? Yep, shout out uh, to my team, Mix Management, Mix Management Label. Shout out to my guy DJ J Wealth and the whole team at the Fresh Off the Stoop up on Dash X. Um, my nigga A Head Flyer Gang, Complex Bar Spitters, my boy Sham Black. Uh, twice, Sham. you know what I'm saying? You no, know what's up? Anybody else I miss? You know, man, I catch y'all next year. You know what it is? You know it's all love. Yes, yes. MD Podcast, we did it. Thanks for listening. We out. All right, peace. Peace.